Luke chapter 17, and start in verse number 20, Luke 17, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, and that's how you know people are way too big for their britches, when they're making demands of Jesus. You're way out of line if you're making demands of the Lord. When he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, don't lose that place in Romans chapter 14. Romans uh, chapter number 14, verse 17. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Is it possible, is it possible that with the advent of cable news, and a conservative news channel for uh, preachers and Christians to feed upon. Is it possible with the advent of the internet, which allows us instant access to uh, news that we agree with and news that we believe in from all around the world, is it possible that we have become so aware of what's happening in the world that we have lost sight of what is happening within us? Is it possible that we are so preoccupied with the evil that is being wrought by Satan that we have little or no communication with what's being wrought by Jesus Christ in, in our very good churches that are represented here tonight? You know, the Bible says... These men came to Jesus and said, when are you going to establish a kingdom? And Jesus said, I got one going right now. They said, when are you going to do something in this world? And he said, I'm doing something right now. They said, when are you going to fix what's wrong out there? And he said, I'll fix what's wrong in in there today if you want me to. Now, I believe, and if you've got a Schofield Bible, you can turn to the Schofield note right at the bottom of the page, and it'll immediately go dispensational. And I'm a dispensationalist, but sometimes these dispensationalists uh, see the dispensational trees and lose the forest. This chapter is going to be a discussion about what Jesus Christ is going to do when he gets back and the conditions on earth when Jesus gets back to set up his physical kingdom. But he answers their inquiry about a kingdom by saying, I've got one going on right now. I've already established something. I've already established a place on this earth where I rule and where I reign. And where I rule and reign, there is righteousness. And where I rule and reign, there is peace. And where I rule and reign, there is joy. And may I I say to you, because I know I'm in a good church tonight. I know the pastors that are here represent good churches. But may I say to you, That almost every Christian I know in in this day compared to four decades ago when I got saved, the world has robbed them of their joy because they don't think Jesus is doing anything today because they're just looking outward. And and they don't have any peace. 
Because they're not looking at what Christ is doing in their midst. They're looking at what Satan is doing beyond the walls of their church building. And it's affecting their righteousness because we, we, as Christians, we are so aware of what's going on in the world that we're discussing things that shouldn't be discussed. We're meditating on things that shouldn't be meditated upon. I know I preached against these things last night. I understand that. But, but you can't stay focused on the wickedness and the evil in this world. You will lose sight of what's really happening in your heart, in your family, in your church that is wrought by Jesus Christ. He's coming back one day. I believe that. I believe when he comes back, he will establish righteousness on the earth. Has he come to your heart? Can he not establish righteousness there now? I believe he's going to return one day and and establish peace on earth. Praise God. Has he come into your heart? Can he not establish peace in in that part of the earth? Don't you think it will be a joyous time when King Jesus is ruling from Jerusalem and, and the, the, the word of the Lord will cover this old earth like the waters cover the sea. I believe that. But he said, I'm living in your heart now. Why don't you let me put some joy in there? Our fellowship in the, in the lobby shouldn't be centered around Joe Biden. Our fellowship around the dinner table shouldn't be centered around Pelosi or Trump or Democrats or Republicans. I, I set you up with the remarks that I made because, because we, if we dwell there, they rob us of our joy. They rob us of our peace. They eventually will rob us of our righteousness. So they asked Jesus, when are you going to set up a kingdom? He said, you guys may may not be aware of this, but I've already got one going. It's inside the believer. And as long as you're looking outside to see, I wonder what God's going to do today, you might miss what God is going to do today because I, I I hope you don't take this wrong, I don't see God doing a lot out there. I see him doing a lot in here. I don't see God doing a lot in the world. I see him doing a lot in my heart. So, so maybe we're missing out on what would bring us joy and what would bring us peace and what was motivated to, to righteousness because we're looking for a kingdom that is not now, is not going to be tomorrow, is not going to be at least for several years. And while we're looking for this kingdom which cannot exist until Christ returns, we're overlooking the one that he's already established that could make such a difference in our lives every single day. Now it's very interesting as we proceed in in Luke and in Matthew, we'll read both passages together. Verse 22, He said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. They shall say to you, see here, see here or see there, go not after them nor follow them. Now, now look, what Je- look what Jesus just told you. You will not find me at work if you look around this world. 
That's what he, well, look over there. I don't see the Lord doing anything over there. Look over there. I don't see the Lord doing anything. Look over there. I don't see the Lord doing anything over there. You see what he said? Stop looking around for evidence of God working on your cable news channel, on your internet news feed, in your town council meeting. Well, you know, I saw some people at a, at a football game and they, they had Trump stickers on. That means America's turning to... It doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. Where Jesus Christ is working according to the Bible is in the hearts of saved people. When we assemble together, he works even, even, even in a, a more profound way, in a, in a more powerful way. But if you go out from here, I don't care where you go to witness. I don't care where you go to preach. I don't care where you go to evangelize. All you'll see working there is the flesh and the devil. And people come up, oh boy, God didn't do anything down there today. He didn't. You didn't honor Jesus Christ by proclaiming His Word. You didn't have a great time fellowshipping with God's people. You didn't get a blessing from the Holy Ghost for obeying Christ. What do you mean God didn't do anything? You mean He didn't fix the world so it would be a better place for you to live? You mean He didn't fix the world so you'd have less opposition to your Christian life? Jesus told these men, here's the first thing I want you to get. What you need, you won't find looking for it out there. And if anybody tells you you can find it out there, don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Verse 24. For as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. So until, until every eye sees him, he's not out there. He's the right hand of the Father. But first must he suffer many things, be rejected this generation. Now, now watch. Here's, here's what I want to get to. And as it was in the days of Noah, how many of you, how many of you know the story of Noah from the book of Genesis? Okay, so, so you know that, the, that, that the, every imagination of man's heart was evil continually in the days of Noah. You, you know that just abounding, unlimited wickedness and God drowned the world. That's what Genesis says. That's not what Jesus said. And he's the one that sent the flood. I'm not, listen, I believe Genesis. It's the Word of God. It's true. That's what happened. But when they asked Jesus, when are you going to do something? Here was his answer. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, not a sin. They drank, not a sin. They married wives, not a sin. They were given in marriage, not a sin. Until the day that Noah entered in the ark and the flood came <coughs> and destroyed them all. You know what he just said? He said the problem in Noah's day was people just going about their lives and forgot about God. They weren't sinning. They just weren't including God in their lives. They were eating, but they just ate like dogs. They just stuck their face right in the food. They never looked up and thanked God for they ate. They were drinking, but they just assumed they'd always have water and they'd always have 10 different drinks in the refrigerator. They never said, thank you, God, I'm not in a desert. Thank you, God, I'm not in a prison camp. Thank you, God, you hadn't sent famine on our land. Thank you, God, I've got water. Oh, they were marrying. Wedding's a happy time. Where's God? Where's the gospel? Where's Christ? 
Nobody mentioned him at the reception. Nobody at least say a prayer and ask, ask the Lord to have his... Look what, look what he's saying here. They said, Lord, when are you going to set up a kingdom? And he said, you know, in Noah's time, I was building an ark. Nobody noticed. I was putting together an incredible zoo. Nobody noticed. I was preserving the human race. Nobody noticed. I was preparing a way of salvation. Nobody noticed. And then look at the next verse. Or, or the end of the verse said, and until the flood came and destroyed them all. You know, you, know what, you know what Jesus said? You know what he said right there? He said, they went about their lives. And I blessed them with food and I blessed them with water. And I blessed them with husbands. And I blessed them with wives. And I blessed them with an ark. And I blessed them with a way of salvation. And all they could talk about was what I did that was mean and bad and hurtful. Well, you know, we had food, we had water, and we had husbands, we had wives, and then God sent that flood. And you know something? The more time you spend watching that news, the more, the more negative you become in your spirit, the more time you spend focused on this world is doing, the more critical and, and bitter, as Brother Tim preaching about, you'll become. Because everything out there is bad, and God won't fix it, and you pray, and God doesn't make the election go your way, and God doesn't make the price of this and that go your way, and God doesn't stop all those perverts from doing what they do, and you end up losing your joy, and you end up losing your peace, and you end up losing your righteousness while you're going about you. I'm not sinning! No, you're not sinning. You're just eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, but no joy and no peace, no excitement, no enthusiasm. You know what Jesus said? You keep wanting me to come back and fix the world. I'm ready to fix you right now. I got a kingdom inside you. Why don't we focus on that? He says in verse number 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. Now we know all about Lot. Lot lived in a town where they were out of the closet. They were roaming the streets. They were knocking on the doors. That's a fact. I believe that. I believe that. But when, when they asked Jesus, when are you going to do something in the world? And he talked about the days of Lot. He didn't talk about what you think about. Look what he said. As it was in, also in the days of Lot, they did eat. They drank. They bought. They sold. They planted. They builded. There's not one thing in that list that's a sin. In fact, most things in that list are things you're commanded to do. When he, He's talking about, look, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, he said, you know what they're doing in Sodom? Eating food. Washing it down. Buying things at the store. Selling things in their shop. Planting and building. None of that's a sin. He said, well, there's a bunch of wicked stuff going on in Sodom. Well, apparently there's a bunch of stuff going on in Sodom wasn't wicked. It's just a lot of people living life like they live life. And then the fire fell. Here's what I want to know. Are you so caught up? And I, I preached against it last night for a purpose because I, I, I wanted to point draw attention away from what's happening to the spiritual behind it. Now, now listen, listen. Are, are you so caught up in what evil men and evil people are doing that you are more excited about God burning this place with fire 
than you are with Jesus Christ making you a victorious Christian and a light to shine in this dark world. Because the Lord's going to burn it up. But that don't help you tomorrow. And the Lord's going to send fire from heaven and fix this thing, but that doesn't put a smile on your face because he's not going to do it tomorrow. You understand? You, you believe in the rapture? You, you still believe in a pre-trib rapture? You still believe in a pre-trib rapture? Okay, then he's not going to burn anything up tomorrow. Okay? So, oh, I just can't wait. I tell you, I'm serving God. I, I comment. I read those articles and I post my comments. Yeah, you express your bitterness with a bunch of other bitter people. You express your discontent with a bunch of other discontented people. And everybody says we're going to do something about this. And nobody's going to do anything about it, including God. Not today. Not tomorrow. Not for at least seven years. So in the meantime, here's what I want to know. Are you just planting and building and buying and selling and eating and drinking without righteousness and peace and joy and the Holy Ghost? Because what's happened to us, what's happened to us is we have lost our excitement and enthusiasm for being children of God, having Christ working in our lives, having fellowship with other believers, because we have allowed ourselves to be oppressed by the evil in the world, and we've grown discouraged with God because He won't make the world a better place in which we live, for, for us to live in. And they asked Jesus, when are you going to come and set up a kingdom? He said, i got one going right now. It's inside you. And you can have righteousness in there. And you can have joy in there. And you can have peace in there. Well, Lord, we, we keep looking. We, we, don't see, we don't see that you're doing anything. You say, you're, all, you're overlooking what I'm doing. Look here. Look here. I'm quite busy. In verse number, oh, verse number thirty or twenty-nine, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, this is—it's very curious the way the Lord words this. Into verse twenty-seven and destroyed them all. Into verse twenty-nine and destroyed them all. It didn't destroy Lot. He wasn't one of them. It didn't destroy Noah. He wasn't one of them. Do you understand what Jesus said? You are not slated for destruction. Isn't that something to be happy about? You're not going to drown in a flood. Isn't that something to be happy about? You're not going to burn in the fire. Isn't that something to be happy about? I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you through. I'm going to preserve you. I'm going to keep you alive. I'm going to set you on a new earth all by, all, with, with righteous people that believe. Praise God. If you get focused on them, 
Your mind is occupied with a culture that's going to drown in a flood of God's judgment, but that's not you. If you get occupied with them, you're going to be focused on a culture that's going to be burned in God's fire, but that's not you. The least of us, the the worst of us, He's going to take us by the hand and escort us out before the fire falls. The most diligent and fervent of you. He's he's going to have an ark of safety for you to enter in and he'll shut the door and seal you there and you'll sail through the whole thing and never even know what's happening out there. There's going to be a flood because people are so wicked, but that's not what he said when they asked him. There's going to be firefall because people are so ungodly. But that's not what he said when he asked them. He said, those people weren't as wicked as you say they are. Now, last night I told you about all these crazy people full of devils, and, and we would agree with that. But if you have a job, if you have a job, I would venture to say almost everybody on your job is a fairly decent, fairly hardworking Fairly reliable, fairly dependable citizen. We got a lot of murder in our country. Everybody's not a murderer. In fact, very few people are murderers. Very few people get a carjack a car. Very, very few people invade a home and rob it. Now, listen, here's what I'm saying. The headline: plane crashed. Ten thousand didn't. Man shot. Several million weren't. Okay? Perverts march. Okay? A hundred people that came in from all over Alabama to march in a parade. Rest of them weren't. weren't. Everybody else is home doing what they do. Listen, here's what I'm telling you. The more time you spend looking into the world, the more oppressed and depressed you're going to become because the reports are always about the worst of the worst. The reports are always about the dirtiest of the dirty. And and listen, what it does, here's how it robs you of your righteousness. You lose all hope of winning souls. Those people are so evil, there's no point in telling them. Those people are so fierce and violent, we don't dare knock on their doors. Those people are, are so so vile and, and so so uh, angry that, that we wouldn't dare lift up our voice and tell them about Jesus. No, those are the people making the headlines. Most of the people who are going to drown in the flood are just earning a living and trying to find a wife for their son or a... a, a, a right? They're just buying and selling and planting and they're, they're struggling with gas price just like you. They're struggling with the price of groceries just like you. They're struggling to raise their kids just like you. They don't all hate God. The more you focus on what that world is doing, the more you'll be, listen, you'll get a false view of lost people. What Jesus said, they're not all sodomites. A bunch of them just live in Sodom. They're not all mocking Noah and making fun of Noah. Most of them don't have time to do that. They're trying to farm. Next verse. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. 
He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Now, this is real interesting. Remember Lot's wife. He didn't say remember Lot that put his family down there in Sodom. You get that in Genesis. Remember Lot that ruined his daughters by, by his evil communication. You, you get that in Genesis. But when they asked Jesus, when are you going to do something in this world? You know what he said? You better not be like somebody whose best days are all behind her. You don't think about that? God just rescued this woman and her daughters and her husband. God pulled her out of destruction by His grace. But she couldn't bring herself to believe that good days were ahead. She couldn't bring herself to believe that God still had some blessings for her life. She couldn't bring herself to believe that the sun would come up tomorrow and shine on a new world and she could start over again with her husband. With her, with her. All she could think about is how it used to be back there. And I say this, and I, I'm probably decades out of date when I say it, and this probably go right past many of you, But can I say to you that God bless his heart and thank God for him. Lester Roloff is dead and he's not coming back and the church is rolling on 40 years later. Dr. Seitler's gone. Oliver Green's gone. You just name your favorites. They are dead and they are gone. And missionaries are still building churches around the world. And people are still getting saved all across America. And people walked an aisle Sunday morning trusted Christ as their Savior. And families are getting put back together. God deliver us from this attitude that our good days are over. That everything we ever had to enjoy is back there. Remember Lot's wife. Nothing back there that it's gone. It's gone. Yesterday's gone. The week before is gone. The year before is gone. The old revivals are gone. The, the camp meeting days are gone. Okay, it's gone. But you're alive. By the grace of God. He led you by the hand to this point and it'll lead you the rest of your life. And God, that's why she comes out and says, Boy, that's it. God's done. God's done. It's Genesis 19. <laughs> Look at all God is still going to do. Amen. All she knew is what, how it used to be. You don't know what God's still going to do. You don't know how long we're going to be here. So, well, this is it. America's crumbling and the economy this and the economy that. Can I, can I help you just a little bit? You know why four million people have crossed your border in the last two years? Because what you think is going to happen here happened there 6,000 years ago. Well, Jesus has to come before we run out of food. The world's been out of food so many times you couldn't count them. Jesus has to go. They're going to cut off our power and our electricity. Oh, you have to live like your grandparents? If that's the sign of the rapture, we'd have been out of here a long, long time ago. You understand what I'm saying? The rest of the world doesn't live like this. No one else in history ever lived like this. If you lose this, it's not the end times. 
It's the end of party time. I'm not, I, I got my eyes shut. I'm not, I, I can offend people without even trying. You can't find a black and white picture of people in anywhere in the United States of America with overweight people in it. And every one of us, uh, well, every one of us, how Andy and his wife travel and eat church food all year and don't gain a pound. So that's one of the great mysteries of the ages. But, but anyway, mo- most of us, listen, most of us here tonight, 20, 30, 40, 50, I'll stop there, pounds. And we talk about how bad things are. They can't be that bad. We got reserves, man. People always say, what's God doing? What's God? When's God going to start doing something? It don't matter what they charge for gas, you still buy it. No matter what they charge for groceries, you still buy it. And people think, well, you know, for where these prices are, people are going to vote different next time. No, no, the people that vote the way you don't vote, they don't, they don't care what it costs. They don't pay for it. <laughs> it, it ain't hurting them. Remember Lot's wife. Boy, church isn't like it used to be. Mine is. Church I go to is like it. In fact, it's better it's ever been. Well, you know, they just don't sing like they used to. We do. Well, you know, people just don't evangelize anymore like they did in the good old days. Our crowd does. Everybody just sitting around talking about how it used to be better. It can be better for you today. Just let, let the kingdom that Jesus Christ established in your heart when he saved you, let him build that kingdom. Praise the Lord. I, you know, I, I, I hear these things. People say, you know, we were talking about in the car yesterday. Uh, say, Boy, they used to have these camp meetings and things, and they'd come to church every day for, for uh, four, four weeks in a row. They'd come every night for six weeks in a row. Man, we don't have days like that anymore. I'm going to tell you something. Apart from COVID, there is something happening at our church every single day of the year. And in case you hadn't heard, we don't even take off for holidays. People, un- unsaved people in our town, they'll pull in, they'll, they'll come into church, and, and unsaved people, it, it say, I just want to know something. I drive by this church all the time. I come by Tuesday. I come by Thursday. I come by Friday night. I come. You, y'all do something all the time here? Good. Pretty much. Amen. Pretty much. Amen. We're not m- wishing it was like it used to be. We're making it like it's always been. Come on, people, this is not time to quit and give up, get all down to the dumps. All right, so I think I went over to Matthew and didn't tell you I did. So come over to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Here's a good verse for the date setters. Matthew 24, verse 36. But that day and hour knoweth no man... No, not the angels of heaven, my Father only. Why would a man say he knows the day and the hour when Jesus said no man knows the day and the hour? That's a good way to embarrass yourself. Whenever one of these guys says, I I know the day of the rapture, I just mark it down. It ain't that day. (laughs) That's one thing you'd be sure of. But as the days know they were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, not a sin, drinking, not a sin, marrying, not a sin, giving in marriage, not a sin, 
until the day that Noah entered in the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So what did, what did the Lord find fault with? He didn't find fault with the way they were living. He found fault with the way they were thinking. Their, their day-to-day lives were not overtly sinful. They just weren't considering what God was doing right before their eyes. That ark wasn't built in Area 51. Pretty hard to hide that big giant boat somebody's building, not by a lake. They just didn't pay any attention to it. Then then should two be in the field. One should be taken, the other left. I'm not going to argue with you who's who, but, but one's ready, one's not. Two women should be grinding at the mill. One should be taken, the other left. Now, now look, you say, well, I've got to go to work. Verse 40, both these men are at work. Well, I've got to prepare a meal for my family. Both these women were, were preparing bread. The, the, one, the one isn't lost because he was involved in sin. The, the one was lost because he didn't include God in his daily life. The one woman wasn't lost because she was involved in sin. She was lost because she's making a meal for a family and clothes for a family and loving her husband and taking care of her children. She just wasn't ready for the coming of the Lord. And, and this, is, this is the threat that our culture poses to our churches. It's not that we're going to become these wicked, horrible, terrible people. It's going to be that we're going to be so preoccupied with the affairs and cares of this life that we just miss out on what God's doing. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. That's your second amendment verse right there, but I'm not going to go there tonight. Here's what I'm trying to stay on on theme here. You always said in verse 43, you ain't responsible for anybody else's house. You're responsible for your house. And if Jesus Christ has given you righteousness, why let anybody come in there and steal it? If Jesus Christ has given you peace, why let anybody come in there and steal it? If Jesus Christ has given you joy, why will anybody come in there and steal it? Well, look at those people down there, what they're doing. Yeah, but that took the joy out of your house. Look at those people over there. They're so wicked. But but it took took the, the hope out of your house. You know what he said? Guard your house. Christ lives in your house. Don't let somebody come in there and, and take away all the things that Jesus Christ brought to you when he saved you. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I could be in a church every night somewhere. I'm in so many churches and, I, and I, people stand up and sing and they're all happy during the song service and the preaching. Uh, most of the time, they're happy during the preaching and the invitation time. They're fairly happy during the invitation time. And as soon as that service is over, they go right back to talking about how bad things are in the world. Would you let somebody walk in your garage and take your stuff with you sitting on the porch? Would you let somebody come in your back door and rob you with you sitting at the kitchen table? 
How come you can't even get out of the church service without allowing this world to rob you of the joy that you got while you were there? Guard your house. Verse 44, therefore, be also ready for such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then, now watch, who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give him meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that, man, if that evil servant shall say in his heart, not look, look at this, in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. Now, now stop, please stop for a minute. If you don't, if nobody knows, not a person here knows when he's coming, then you can't say he delayed his coming. Isn't that right? Well, I thought the Lord would come by now. We all thought the Lord would come by now. First time I heard a sermon on the rapture, I thought it was going to be that afternoon. And I, I haven't lost that. I, ha, I have not lost that. Thank God. I, I'll tell you what happened. So we're in this little church, and the preacher preached on, on, a, on the rapture, and we're all heading, heading back home after church, and I got stopped at the one traffic light in our town. Only traffic light in our town. One, one red light. I got stopped there. And so I, I rolled down. No, I did. I rolled down the window in my, my little two-door Honda Civic. It's about the size of a smart car today. And how many of you remember rolling down the window? It's I mean, Times were tough back then. And I, and I was... I was looking up in the sky, and I looked over, and in the, I, I kid you not, right next to me in the car was a deacon from the church, and he went like this. And I went, I thought maybe he'd been in the nursery or something, he hadn't, hadn't heard, heard the message. So I got back to church that, that evening, and he said, what were you doing? And he said, you didn't hear what preacher Phil said? He said, the Lord could come today. I was looking for him to come. And that deacon, listen... I'm saved two months. Wouldn't you be happy to have some excited, fanatic, new Christian in the church? He, he said to me, he said, you don't have to do that. That's what he said. You don't have to do that. I said, mister, I wasn't doing it because I had to. I was doing it because I wanted to. Praise the Lord. That was 1977. You know what I do to this day? I look out my window in Florida and I see those big thunderheads building and I see a beam of light shining down through them and I think maybe, 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 maybe he's in those clouds and I'll be there in a blink of an eye. Maybe. I don't want this world to come into this heart where Jesus Christ lives and where the Son of God resides with me And I don't want somebody to come in there and steal away the joy that he brought and the peace that he brought and the hope that he brought and the contentment that he brought. You know what Jesus said? They asked him, what's it going to be like when you come again? He said, just just make sure your house doesn't get robbed. Isn't that amazing? He didn't say clean this up and straighten that out and protest against this and overthrow that. He said, make sure your house doesn't get robbed. One more thought. My Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite. We're right back where Brother Florida left us. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants 
and to eat and drink with the drunken. Isn't that amazing? Listen, listen. People living like they did in the days of Noah was not identified as the threat. People living like they lived in the days of Lot was not identified as the threat. Jesus said the threat is you're going to lose sight of my coming for you. You're going to lose sight of what I'm doing in your heart. And since you can't lash out at that world, it's too big a target. You'll start lashing out at each other. How about that? It's right where Brother Tim started the chapter. Well, you know, somebody did this to me. What did Jesus do for you? Somebody said this to me. What did Jesus say to you? Somebody took this for me. Somebody took that for me. What did Jesus give you? Don't you find it a marvelous thing? When they asked Jesus what it was going to be like in the end times... He didn't point to the sin in Noah's day. And he didn't point to the sin in Lot's day. He said to them, I've established a kingdom inside you. Don't let someone rob it. Don't let somebody steal it. How about that? Could we say tonight, and I'm not asking for a show of hands. We'll have an invitation in a second. Could we, could we say tonight... I'm a King James Bible-believing, saved Christian, washed in the blood, in a good church. And between the last time we sang, it is well with my soul in this time, this world, I have allowed this world to rob me of my joy. I have allowed current events to rob me of my peace. I am so caught up in what evil people are doing that I don't hardly even think about what my righteous Savior is doing. I'll tell you, it's a subtle deception. But it's hurting us. The world's not hurting us. Our misplaced attention is hurting us. Jesus, when are you going to set up a kingdom? He said, there's one inside you. It's going right now. Jesus, when are you going to fix all this corruption, all this wickedness out here? I'll fix it right now. You want me to? In you. Lester Roloff, I finished with this. I, I heard Brother Roloff many, many years ago. He was opening a church service and he said, let, let us pray. And everybody bowed their heads. And, and he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in this piece of earth as it is in heaven. How about that? He's not going to bring peace on earth tomorrow. But he can bring peace to your peace of earth tomorrow. He's not going to establish righteousness in this earth tomorrow. But he could establish it in your peace of earth tonight.